Remember, whatever discipline you're in, whether you're a musician or a photographer, a fine artist or a cartoonist, a writer, a dancer, singer, a designer, this is what you should do. Make good art. Hello, this is Creative Soul coming back with our seventh session in March. We're currently recording at Hongdae Studio. To introduce Creative Soul first, our mission statement is to inspire, and we are currently in the stage of trying new different formats every month. For the past three months, we've been trying Google Meet and Podcast with uh, some beloved panelists. And last month in February, you also tried the podcast under the theme of creativity and work-life balance. So now Soyoung's going to introduce what we are up for this month. Yes, so um, for this month, um, we are actually doing um, a creative relay uh, on the theme of Stop Asian Hate and Racism. So we're asking some artists to um, produce some artwork uh, based, like inspired by the, the theme of racism and Stop Asian Hate. And alongside that, we're doing a podcast series uh, which we're recording now um, on on this topic, and we're trying to uh, talk to different people with different backgrounds and hear about their their opinions on it. So for this episode, this is our second episode of racism and stop Asian eight, and today we're joined by Julie. Yeah, uh, welcome to the <laughs> show. <laughs> um, do you want to um, give a brief introduction of how you ended up going to Korea and the, your kind of background? Yeah, sure. So hi everybody, I'm Julie. I am a French um, university student. Um, I I uh, was born in Paris, but lived most of my life in a really small village where there's nothing to do. Uh, from uh, that, uh, my dad is French, but my mom is from Haiti, so I'm actually mixed. And uh, why I ended up in Korea? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, when I was really young, I think middle, middle school around this time, I started to be really interested in Korean culture. Mm. Like a lot of people got brought up into the whole K-pop trend thing and um, ended up liking it so much. And when I got in uh, second grade of high school, I think, I did an exchange year here in Korea, uh, in high school, yeah. And then yeah, I loved it so much that I decided to come back for my university last year. Yeah. Oh, so, so are you here like as an exchange yeah, student? Yeah, I'm here oh. as an exchange student. So here until August. August. Yeah. So are you here for like a year? Yeah, or? I've been here since last August. So whole year. Oh. So I'm going to stay here for a whole year. So um. it has been like six, seven months. Yeah, something like this, actually. Mm. How are you finding it in Korea? Like, you know, we're going through a pandemic. How are you, to be honest? How are you finding it? I'm, I'm like loving it because uh, I don't know if you guys heard about how the situation is in France, but it's like extremely bad. So oh. I'm pretty glad to be here, to be honest. I feel I'm part of the lucky ones. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. And I've, like it's my third time in Korea <laughs> and I'm still enjoying it as much as usual. So, yeah. What did you part? like in particular like about Korean culture like you mentioned that one of the reasons why you came back to Korea is like you love the cultures I to be honest this is a question a lot of people <laughs> ask me and I'm always so sorry because I have no answer to that <laughs> I just I don't know I spent like a year here and I felt so 
comfortable. Mm-hmm. I felt really, really comfortable. Um, Because I, of the transportation? Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe this is a part of living in a big city that changed my life from like living from a really, really small village. But I think, um, I don't know, people were, as I say, people always been really, really nice to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of like, it was a really special experience to me because I came here, I, do the, I couldn't speak a word of Korean at all. Mm. And I was in a Korean host family that couldn't speak a word of English. So, yeah, it was like a pure journey where my host family made everything possible for me to feel comfortable. So I literally have like a second family here. Um, I have really, really close friends as well uh, that made my experience like incredible. Um, and yeah, and just like, I think there's a lot of part of the Korean culture that I kind of resonate with, like mm. the way of living, just like, I feel like sometimes, like, yeah, Korea is taking everything really slow, but really fast at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I so get that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, I just felt really comfortable. It just, yeah, Korea, mm. Korea just feel like a second home to me without any reason. It's just mm. like comfortable. Yeah, that's the word, <laughs> I think. So, like, besides COVID, you know, there's been this thing going on with, you know, racism and, you know, stop Asian hate and uh, everything related to, to that. Um, are you kind of, like, you know, following it, following it? Like, are you looking at the news and, you know, are you, I, are you aware of it? I'm How aware long? of it. I try to not, that's maybe more for my personal uh, sanity. I try to not go too deep into it. Because I know this is the kind of news that would just make me really depressed really fast. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, I try. I still try to like keep up with what's happening. So I heard about all the attacks that happened in the U.S. and um, the rise of Asian hate in general in the world after what happened with the COVID situation. Um, but yeah, as I say, it just it just kind of like really it's like, like racism and especially like hate crimes like this are some like issue that really like touched me way too deep in my heart that usually try to protect myself by learning about it and being like like acknowledge the fact that it's happening but not go like I'm not gonna read every article that's written about it I'm not mm. gonna follow every little news that's happening about it I just kept kind of keep a, a knife from it and just like try to mm. distance myself it's a really selfish reaction, I think. Well, well, I do the same too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, I just this this way too much stuff, really sad stuff happening in the world. So I try to like protect myself as much as I can and this kind of thing. Sadly, yeah. Yeah. So for me, like, I sometimes wonder if 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 it's like an excuse, like. You know, like there are so much things already going in my life, so like it's so busy and it's really difficult, especially like these days with like so much news all over, mm-hmm. like happening all over the globe and all that. So I know it, it might sound like an excuse, but you know, like we all are too busy with our own lives. Yeah, I get what you mean by like. I like I usually feel guilty when I don't mm-hmm. know all about it because like racism is such an issue that is really like important mm-hmm. to me. But at the same time, yeah, I just for like yeah for just like mental health reason, I need to like put myself a bit far away sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said you you were uh, raised in France, right? Yeah. yeah. So then, like, I was like a bit curious, like the education in France, like especially with regards to racism, like how children are raised and taught 
for example, like inside school or like maybe at homes, like are in mm. France, like is the issue of racism, is it like hotly debated in their daily lives? Um, I would say it's not, it's not really that highly debated. It depends. I think it really depends on which kind of, like what kind of community you're coming from. Mm. Um, we, we like, I kind of feel like maybe because I come from a really small like village where there's not that much like diversity, sadly. So you don't really have this idea of community or you just talk about like black issues, Asian issues or stuff like this. It's not really that like prominent actually where mm -hmm. I'm from. Maybe in Paris it's different because it's such more like bigger city. But um, yeah, in school, obviously we had this, this the big talk about like how racism is bad and how we're supposed to fight it and how like all those kind of like workshop that the school try to do but in fact um it's not like it's not an issue i really addressed with my friends or with mm. people around me until i was maybe in college because mm. like i had a lot of most of my friends were white first mm. of all so it was not an issue they were like really facing on a daily basis um yeah it just we we knew discrimination existed like uh and But like talking about racism, even with my family, was not really a thing until mm. like I myself felt like comfortable enough to brought up the subject. Mm. I think. Then, like when like so you, it's been like more than a half year since you lived in Korea. Then have you ever faced that kind of racism in Korea? Oh yeah, I did. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that response was so quick. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I I didn't. Like, I was not able to say it that fast, but, like, it happened to me maybe, like, <laughs> two weeks ago, three oh, weeks ago. Okay. Um, a friend of my, like, a friend from, like, Germany and I wanted to go to, um, how you call it, like, a bath, like, public bath. Yeah. Oh, in Korea. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the first thing that happened to us when we just tried to see if we could, if it was open or anything, mm -hmm. the first thing that the woman told us was, like, oh, we're going to Oh. Just, and I was like, wow, that was really clear. <laughs> and I was, because I knew this happened because I heard a lot of like testimonies from like, like um, mm. other foreigners living in Korea that those kind of things happened to them. But like in the three times I came to Korea and I've stayed there for quite a long time, this never happened mm. to me. I had looks, I had like maybe weird comments, but never anyone told me like straight to my face mm. something like this and I was like oh wow that was okay <laughs> this is actually only my second time hearing like the fact that a lot of public spaces in Korea kind of prohibit mm. foreigners to enter just previously the other recording like the um, terrorist like he told us that a lot of bars and restaurants in Korea in Seoul they just have these signs in front mm. of the restaurant saying that no mm. foreigners like and i was like i, I was so shocked like mm. two hours ago when i heard this and it was the first time for you no. hearing this mm. too right yeah i didn't realize it yeah it's like that mm. um yeah i just because i mean yeah it's because we're koreans and you know we it doesn't affect us directly mm -hmm. when we're in korea so we mm. we don't actually know we don't realize that Yeah, same for me. Like, I heard about those signs. Like, mm -hmm. when I did, especially when I came to Korea the first time, I was only 16 years old. Mm -hmm. So I was actually really scared to come and face racism, like, that blatantly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, I heard a lot of people saying, like, yeah, you, you might find those kind of signs or people might say that to you. And 
for the whole year I was there, like in 2016, this never happened to me. Mm. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not that that bad. It's not really that strong. But yeah, this happened two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, never mind. Maybe <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you have any like, you know, ex racism, you know, kind of experience within your, you know, school or among students or your, your university life in Korea? I mean, in Korea? Yeah. No, never. Um, I mean, I was obviously a foreigner because mm. I was like me and the other German girl <laughs> that was there with me. We were the both only foreign people in the whole school. Oh. So, but like people were extremely nice to us. They were really welcoming. They were making everything possible to make us feel as comfortable as possible. So it was really like everybody was really sweet. And mm. I feel like. Um, we often talk about this uh, foreigner card here in Korea, how sometimes you can you can use it as an advantage to you. Mm. And I feel like during my whole like school life yeah. in Korea, it was more this card that I was yeah. using because people were just extremely nice to me just because like, oh, she's a nice foreigner that we need to help for everything. <laughs> so everything I was doing wrong was passed by like, it's okay, she's a foreigner. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, at that okay. moment I was like, you think... Even though I didn't want it to, it just naturally happened that people were just nicer to me because of mm. that. So, yeah, it's kind of a, like, um, how you could say, oh, a double-edged card where uh, you never know if it's <laughs> going to be a good thing or a bad thing that you're a foreigner. Yeah. This was when you first visited Korea, yeah. right? So in high school? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, then how about now? Like, do you think Korea has changed a bit mm. since then? Like... Comparing to the first time that you visited and like now as an exchange student in university? I think it changed a lot, actually. I was actually really surprised on how oh. much it changed. Um, something really small, but like it's easier to hear people speaking English in mm. cafes uh, and everything. Definitely. It's like something so small, but like when I came the first time, people were looking at me like I was a monster when I entered because they were <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't speak English. What am I going to do? <laughs> but now they're like super... Like, even though they're not great, like, great at English, they feel mm. a lot more comfortable. And mm. I feel like it's a lot because there is, like, I feel like there's, a, like, um, a raise in, like, like foreigner coming to Korea in the past five years. Yeah, and actually on campus, too, like, the, oh, really? uh, the actual, like, the number of foreign students, like, increased a lot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and I feel like because of this, it makes it maybe a bit easier and people are maybe like more and as i talked about like the foreigner card work a bit less now you know because <laughs> people are more are used to see foreigners so they don't like mm, do i really need to do that i don't think so so yeah like and i think it's a good thing because it shows that being a foreigner is not that exceptional anymore mm -hmm. so that's a pretty good thing like you know like the career is going in a good direction on like how they handle differences and stuff so when it comes to like, you know, how like racism and, you know, like the BLM as well mm -hmm. and stop Asian A, you, you see a lot of people kind of like um, going on their social media, you know, like posting like black tiles and, you know, gets yeah. uploading um, Instagram like story. Like, but, you know, there are some people who don't do that as well, you know, but like and some people say that like if you don't show your if you don't speak up. You know, if you don't show your opinion, like your like silence is complicity, is mm. violence. What's your take on that? What do you think of that? Um, that's a quite difficult question because <laughs> I'm like, I, I think I understand both sides. Like, mm. I understand the people who are mad at the people who stay silent because obviously the more people talk about an issue, the more like 
the more like vibrant it is and the more um it seems more important like more important sadly like mm-hmm. the number makes it everything kind of but at the same time i also feel like if you don't want to just like come into like on social media to post about like yeah this famous black frame that everybody posted during the summer or like show like really clearly um your like how you like support one movement like stop asian aid or anything i just i mean i think we need to also consider the person uh on like circumstances like some people are not in a safe environment to just maybe talk about those issues it's just like gonna be like if you're in a situation where a family or like in the just racist family how are you supposed to go out and just like scream about your opinions like this there's this and there's also like um it just as i said like even for the, the mental health situation where you want to kind of distance yourself, it doesn't mean that you don't know about it and you're not okay. like, you know, supporting mm-hmm. the movement. But like sometimes like actively working on it can be really like hard as well. So not everybody has the, what it takes to do that. I think it's kind of, being an activist is almost like a job. <laughs> not everybody can do it. Uh, some people are better at it than others. Um, so I feel like you can you can like support in this different way just like by educating yourself mm. even though nobody will actually know that you're doing this it's still a way for you to support the movement because you're just learning about the issues and everything mm. yeah I, I totally get that I think you know it's uh, although it's important to speak up it's also important that it's out of it's not out of you know pressure because everyone else is doing it you know Mm-mm. it's not out of not not because you feel like you have to. I think it should be out of the responsibility to actually make the change, you know, like you actually feel it. And, you know, and as an Asian female who has been abroad for a while, I think, you know, I I don't think I want people to post it just because they feel like they mm. have to. Like I rather have them just, you know, stay silent and, you know, I rather have them observe and, and learn and edu- educate themselves yeah. and just, you know, let them understand what's actually going on. And so, so that, like, you know, they know what is the correct way of supporting Mm-mm-mm-mm. is. Completely agree on that. Mm. Isn't, like, an Asian woman who lived abroad for quite a long time, like, in case of you, Seung, like, have you, like, ever experienced racism, like, living... It can be in China, too, or, like, in living in the UK. I feel like, for me, because... When I was in China, I think I was still very young, you know, like I don't actually, I don't mm. think I paid a lot of attention on that kind of thing, mm. um, on, on, on this like racial issues. I think it, it was because I think it didn't affect me directly. Mm. Like no one, no one had those kind of, you know, they, they, they made some ra- ra- racist comments. I think, you know, we were all educated, like, because it's an international school, it was like, mm. we sh- there shouldn't be discrimination. And, it, mm. you know, there's people from different countries and races. So it was a normal thing. But I think when I went to the UK, um, I was alone and, you know, I'm an adult and the society isn't like what we were, you know, educated. Mm-hmm. There mm. are definitely discrimination against Asian, especially Asian women, I, I think. Um, you know, I had loads of incidences, but when I was in the, in like university, I, I felt like, especially UK university, I, I mean, I'm not, maybe it is like that with the US, but, um, you know, international students, um, tuition fee is really expensive. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, they are kind of regarding 
us as the source of income, but not really actually do a lot for international students. Like they don't include our voices when it comes to like, you know, the university regulations, legislation, you know, I don't think they do it enough, you know, mm. like that, that kind of um, racism, uh, discrimi discrimination, I think. Obviously, like there were some with like work related stuff, you know, like there are, there's definitely um, some kind of racism because they won't look at my my CVs because of because I'm Asian, you know, like because they they just assume that I don't speak like enough like good enough English or you know they don't assign me like important tasks mm -hmm. when there's like another intern or something. Um, in terms of in Korea, I don't think I've stayed here enough to kind of talk about. <laughs> like talk about it but because i'm korean and like this is my home country mm -mm -mm. i don't think i i you know kind of experience uh, racism directly but then the thing is like one thing that i noticed this, especially this year is like last so like two weeks ago mm. like we were in this one class we were like the professor asked all of the students to just make their own like form their own groups for the group projects and then there was this korean girl like who personally like sent me a text through zoom and then she was like oh do you want to like form a group together and the group is supposed to be like consider consisted of four students so i was like oh yeah sure and then the next thing that she said was like oh and plus I personally want to avoid foreign students in forming, you know, group projects. And I, I was like, well, I, I said, okay, I get you. But then, well, my major is, first of all, Division of International Studies. So the half of students in my major are basically foreign students. And, and within, so my colleagues who have the same major, like we... If one person says something like that, or if one person says anything that's like th that can be like attacking to someone, like then that like he or she immediately gets like criticized by other colleagues, like mm. other Korean colleagues. But then for that one, like for that class, I was like, it's media major. But then, um, so I was a bit shocked, and that's one of the moments when I felt like. When I felt that, like, it, within Korea, since I'm a Korean living in Korea, then I have, to foreigners, I might seem like person who have more, so, like, who have more power in terms of, you know, like, this kind of issue. Yeah, and I think it's really, yeah, so it's not just in the UK. It's, mm. it, it's, it's like one of the instincts that's, like, in human beings, you know, like, a sense of belonging. And, like, at the same same time, like, there's if, this, if there's this category, then those outside those people who are outside of the category, like they are excluded yeah. and all that. Mm. Going back to the Stop Asian Hate Crime mm. and the, yeah, the movement, like how do you think like those, like how do you think we can be there for those communities or those people who haven't been into that same situation as you? For So for instance, in case for me, like the Stop Asian Hate Crime and the Asians, in the living in the states honestly speaking like i sometimes feel like it's not my problem yeah. just mm. because you know i'm not living in the states and i'm safely living in korea so yeah this actually is like one of my concerns these days because yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i i understand what you mean i also 
often like kind of distance myself also of those problems because it's happening in the US. Mm. And I feel like um, the US is such a special case on how this like the country is completely like racially structured mm. that it doesn't it's like it wasn't being kind of hard for me to like resonate of like black Americans problems or even like mm. Asian American problems because like I don't understand this is not the system that I am used to mm. and especially in the case of like stop Asian aid I was like okay try to see moments in your own life like especially in like me growing up in France where I saw similar discrimination happening and it didn't make me feel un uncomfortable or just it didn't realize that there was something wrong. And surprisingly, or maybe not, there were so many instances where I realized that um, Asian people were not considered as, uh, I don't know how to say that. It's not like, they're not considered as a minority at the same level as others. I still mm -hmm. feel like at least in France, where I heard stuff said about Asian people that I will that would have never been accepted if you thought about like another minority, or such kind of thing. Where like, and as a black woman, I often tend to like concentrate about my own problem and like my own position as a black woman in France. And then I realized that yeah, th yeah, this is not okay. You should never say that about anyone. So why at the moment I didn't react as something like. That was something bad. Mm. But if I hear the same thing being said about a black person, I would have like freaked out, mm. you know? So I think um, to like maybe the best way to see that is maybe to try to like take a step back and like really concentrate about, yeah, like on what kind of point you can relate on like your mm. personal experience, even though it's not something you've stayed in your, like you've lived your whole life, but just like, Maybe you went abroad for one vacation and someone made a weird comment or just like did something. That already helps to like understand better. And even though you never lived through anything like this, just trying to be open-minded about like their issues and what mm. they live through by just educating yourself, by hearing everybody's testimonies, mm. hearing people's stories and try to imagine what that will feel like if you are in their spot. I think that could already like create some compa compassion mm -hmm. with those people. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think education is so important. It goes back yeah. to everything goes back to education, <laughs> literally everything. Yes. But I think I think um you know because like we have different cultures, you know, like mm -hmm. we have different cultures. So I think it is important that you're open to learning what the culture is about and you know kind of really like not expect those people to educate you you, mm -hmm. you have to be proactive and just like literally there's so much resources online there's podcasts Absolutely. there's like books from like like there's books and there's um documentaries there's literally you need to like own that learning you know mm -hmm. i think um that's you know that's one way of supporting them and i think it's important that we don't regard our own culture as the default you know yeah oh. like mm. Definitely. And I think, you know, if you try to understand other people's, you know, culture, they would do the same as well. And and I think you will see how they see my culture, if you get what mm -hmm. I mean. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really surprising how they view, like, other people's culture. Like, you never know how, you know, like, you, there's someone from UK, I, you never know how they view our culture, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important that you be open to, to being educated and, you, you know, you, you be proactive about it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. 
I think, yeah, maybe we're going to have to, you know, touch on white privilege again. But I think white privilege is something that you cannot <laughs> yeah, miss out. Right. I think it always has to be here at one point. <laughs> I think it's something that's very, yeah, it's something you cannot miss out. And I think what's really important is that they realize that they have the power and the privilege Mm-mm. to, like, kind of influence people in a positive way. Yeah. You know? Like, I think they, they should know how to use it in a, in a, in a right way. And... Um, I want to ask, like, what what does it mean to you? Like, like being other people becoming an ally. Um, oh, that's such a hard question. Okay, <laughs> let me think for a sec. <laughs> um, I I think to me, you're not like the best ally is the person that listen first of all. That's true. Yeah, like the person that's gonna be here and listen to what's happening mm. with you and what's your problem, and. Then once they listen, they will like search in their own resources on what they can do to make your voice more powerful. And I want to insist on the fact this is your voice and not theirs. Because I feel like a lot of, like really often, a lot of people will try to be allies kind of like without even realizing, take a a step to be like on the front row and let real people who are actually struggling with this behind. And that kind of feels kind of wrong to me because I'm like thank you for the help but let me speak because this is my issue and even though I told you everything this is not your story to tell kind of thing so yeah I think if you want to be the best I like possible it's just like um, listen to the people around you who are in need of help and then try to see if you can give them a platform mm. or any need for make their like voice louder mm. mostly yeah, I think yeah, I like I totally get that. I think I think it's, it's the the role of the ally shouldn't be to like fix the problem themselves mm-hmm. or like speak on behalf of the people mm-hmm. that we're trying to support. Mm-hmm. I think it should be more like, what can I do for you? You know, like yeah. like yeah, I'm I'm here and I'm willing to help. I think it should be more you know in, in that kind of way. Do you know like in case like align with the the hate crimes like regarding Asians in the states. Mm-hmm. Before that, there was the, you know, the BLM movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, when that happened, like, as an Asian, I felt like, okay, to what extent can I make my voice in that movement? Because, you know, like, I'm not directly involved or, like, I'm not directly affected. But yeah. I still am curious and I still do care about that um, movement. But then even in our class, for example, like when students like, speak up for the topics and all that, then I sometimes like hesitate for quite a long time. Like, oh, is it like even my place to talk about mm-hmm. this and say that, okay, I'm furious too, or like, oh, I think this is like what they're doing is wrong and yeah, and things like that. So I think it might be similar to the case of the Stop Asian Hate Crime mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I, I do understand this because like when you talk about like, oh, we're doing a podcast about stealth Asian aid, I was like, how can I help me as yeah. a French black mm. woman when I have absolutely no ties with uh, Asian culture except me being in love with Korean culture? <laughs> so I felt kind of hesitant, but I also think that um, you can voice your opinion. It just depends on how you're going to voice it. Mm. Uh, if you don't... Like, as you say, like, sometimes yeah, yeah, in class we talk about certain, like, topics and mm-hmm. you just don't really know how to address it because, like, even though you're, like, yeah, angry about it, how can you say it without feeling taking, like you're taking too much mm-hmm. space? I think if you just say, 
like it's, I think it's really important to be like from what I've seen or from like what I learned about it or from what I heard this is how I took it and this is like if you mm. put everything into like this is what I see from my own perspective as an Asian woman or as a black woman I feel like it makes it because you're you're legitimate to your opinion mm. and like how you feel so if you try to make to make like I feel like there will always be people who will be like offended of you talking because people get offended by yeah, everything. Yeah, true. <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> there are you, always the haters. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you want to just voice your opinion, I think, yeah, the best way is to make it clear that this is from my own experience and this is from what I heard. Maybe I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but this is my, my feelings about the topic. And I think that makes already it a lot more acceptable because... Yeah, every, wherever you come from, everybody kind of like is entitled to their own opinion if you make it, you try to make sense mm. to it, obviously. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I mean, it's definitely helpful to, to speak up for, for um, other, other people. I think, I think what's better is, is to like make sure that you create a space, you know, just mm -hmm. like, you know, create a space where those kind, you know, those people, you know, of color feel safe to share their stories yeah mm. because, any stories yeah, yeah that story because i think i realized that even though we're all we're asian like the experience that every single asian people like person have is very different when it comes to racism so mm -hmm. everyone has different mm. stories so i think it's important that we keep listen to what they talk yeah, about true. like their own experience yeah yeah and the funny thing is within asians you know like there is also like racism. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, for example, like Koreans versus Chinese, you know, like mm. I, I, yeah, yeah, I lived in Shanghai and then I graduated middle school in Shanghai and then came back to Korea. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, but then I had to. And then, <clears throat> and then the middle, the local middle school that I went to in like Korea again was like, full of students who have never been abroad. Mm. And then when I first, on the very first day of school, I introduced myself as, oh, I'm from Shanghai, China. And then like for like a month, the students, the classmates called me Changke. But Changke is like a, it's like a, it's like a very sensitive word that Koreans use to discriminate and kind of, it's like a really abusive word mm -hmm. for looking down on Chin Chinese. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So back then I was still young and then I was like, I didn't really, I wasn't like hurt by it. But then now that I'm like grown up and now that I think back about it, I'm like, that was so wrong. Yeah. And I actually should have said something to them that it's wrong to like call me or mm -hmm. call even like other Chinese who are living in Korea or, or who are not living in Korea mm. as, you know, that word. Yeah, like, sometimes, yeah, I can really see this because even in the black community in France, at least, I hear, like, my grandmother one day literally come to me and say, Julie, you cannot date a Congolese person. And I was like, what do you mean about this? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Congo? Like, Congolese people. And just, yeah, like, sometimes mm. just, it's really hard to imagine how you're supposed to fight mm -hmm. the enemy let's say like quoted uh because like you always say like yeah the enemy is a white supremacy and everything but like within the own community realize there's like already a lot of problems mm. and a lot of hate between mm. each other it's just kind of yeah sad to see yeah, and also talking about generation gap like 
It's really hard, especially to speak up in front of your family members who mm. have like who who speak who, who sometimes say these like so racist stuff because you know it's like it can be like either your parents or like mm. your grandparents and like especially those who are older than mm-hmm. you within your family. Uh, it's such a hard issue. <laughs> yeah, because like you. Okay, this. what do you guys do like when your one of your family members kind of like say anything that you think it's not right? I think that I think this is a complicated issue because it's like yes, it is like it is rude and it is like racist, but I think at the same time, um, it's not that that they have bad intention of saying it. I think it's mm. just they are not aware of it. They're not educated in that way. And it's just they're not they don't they're not aware of the fact that it's insensitive to make those comments. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe I mean I try to bring it up every I mean I try to say that it's that's the right that's a you know, even if you don't have that intention, other people might take it mm-hmm. as a racist comment and they might be offended. And it, it kind of like that's it. Like I it's up to them to take that or not you know like yeah in my case i kind of choose my battles mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some you, you, there's some people you know that whatever you're gonna say to them that mm-hmm. will never change their mind and mm-hmm. i feel like like often happens with other people um i heard my like grandmother say some like really racist stuff and i was like i i told her like you can't say that this mm-hmm. is really wrong right. and she did it again and again and I, <laughs> like every time i will like tell her the same thing i'm like how am I supposed to change the mind of a 70 years old? Like, know. You know, like she lives there. Like this is really hard, like, like heartbreaking. But I know that I'm, if I keep fighting her, that will not change anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like wasting my time. And maybe I could try to have the same conversation with someone. I know I have more chance to convince mm-hmm. to change yeah, their opinion. Definitely. Yeah. Some I think it's yeah. just like, it's not worth it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's better that there's better chance of making the change if I speak to you know like younger generations Mm -mm. because they're the ones who's got who will have to you know like make make the change you know like Mm -hmm. i think it's it's best that we we talk to people um you know younger than us so that we can you know make this because there's like honestly i i think there's almost like no chance of, of you know people who lived like seventy years <laughs> believing one yeah. thing to change their mind. You know, I mean, if you try once, twice, three times, yeah. and it didn't budge, I mean, like there's no, there's nothing you can do here. That's why, like, one of my goals in life is to grow old as a flexible person. You yeah. know, yeah. and I sometimes like worry that I might also turn out to be like a person who has like like strong voice and saying this is right but that's wrong Mm. because you know even right now those Mm. that we think those that we believe it's right for now might turn out to be wrong later true do you like personally have anything that you do to kind of raise awareness in terms of racism or like BLM movement or like any any incidents that's happening around the world? Um, I think my way of dealing with this, like when BLM happened, um, my way of per- like of showing like my support was to participate of some of the protests mm. that happened in Paris. Mm. Kind of had to fight with my mom because she thought it was too dangerous to go. <laughs> <laughs> I still, yeah, went. 
Um, How it, did you convince her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, and she was like, you leave the moment you see a police car. And I was like, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so that was basically the deal. <laughs> so the moment I saw a police car, I was like, I have to go now, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but um, I I think I'm not, the, like, I'm not that vocal on social media because I'm not that comfortable with social media, mm-hmm. on my personal social media, at least. Um, but um, I I will I like having conversation. I think this is how I do this. Mm-hmm. I will talk about it with my family or with my friends or people who don't like. If I hear someone having like a comment that just doesn't sit well with me, I'll be like, "Hey, um, what? Why do you think that?" And like, even though like we talk about not like it's not the role of anyone to educate anyone, but sometimes it just felt to me that I can't let that person walk away having those ideas. Mm-hmm. So I prefer talking about it with them and see how my um, perspective on the thing can impact them in a positive way. Mm. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, well, at least I tried, mm. you know. Mm. So, yeah, when my uh, family, like I had some of my family, maybe when I was maybe, like younger, who had like some really um, weird ideas about Korea and like me liking Korea and everything, they were just really confused and really judgmental about this and I was like why like the, I, something I heard a lot was um why do you like to listen to k-pop when you don't understand any words of it and I was like that's so dumb because like everybody <laughs> listen to American song and nobody speak English in this country what the hell do you mean you know so you could feel like the internalized racism inside yeah. of them that they didn't realize that was yeah. coming out yeah. and um I just like yeah I just give them arguments like do you realize how stupid that is and we just <laughs> talk about it and they were like yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's that's not the smartest argument ever. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's kind of my way to like participate in the in the movement is just by talking mm-hmm. to people because I feel like it's someone someone who's gonna tell you a story might just change your life. Oh yeah, easier than like a post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my feeling. I like this is how people change my life. Mostly mm-hmm. they just told me something and I was mm-hmm. like, wait, mm-hmm. that's really true, right? So. I mean, I think it's great that you like you agree to to participate in this podcast because I think you know um, the reason that we are doing this podcast is because you know we want to keep the discussion going. Mm-hmm. We want to keep because I think yeah, it's it, there hasn't been enough, especially in Korea, and yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see. Like in Western media, I think it's, it's it's interesting to see how people, like you know, educate themselves and um, like y- using different platforms and you know people being an ally to each other, you know, like mm-hmm. and you know they come together in solidarity and you know it's it is it's it's amazing to see that, but I think you know. In I don't know why I mean in after I came back to Korea it's just there hasn't been enough conversation about it that's just I, I felt like that and um, that's why we started to you know um, do this podcast <laughs> yeah and I when I heard about it I was like wow that's a really great platform in itself because I was like um, to be honest except for this class we have together you know and where um, we have actual conversation about those kind of issues mm. this is not really a conversation I had with Korean people most of the time. I have some of my Korean friends where I have conversation with, but I would not say it's pointless because this is not, but it's just like I'm talking with someone who's already convinced 
that this is the right thing to do. Mm. But having conversation like this with people who are like less open to the like the the issue, it's a lot more difficult, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, Korea feels kind of like a really small, secluded community. Yeah. So having those kind of conversation, even though I've, I've saw so many people trying mm. and get like so much backlash from it. Yeah, sadly, mm. but. Uh, Mm. Yeah, I think this is great what you're doing and just like keep going and keep trying because Korea is, I have a lot of people who are, I think, are interested in those topics but just doesn't know how to mm. go through, like, through it and how to talk about it. But uh, I think it's not just with racism, but I think especially with like mental health related mm-hmm. stuff as well. I, I, I just feel like it's been some kind of taboo. You know, so people don't talk about it as often, like as often. You know, so you know that that kind of thing we're trying to talk about. Yeah, know. and three, what you you like the work you guys are doing is really great. Well, like for me, like one of the reasons why I even like start like we like we started Creative Soul and all that is because I felt like as a Korean who spent most of time being raised in korea like there's so much little space for these kind of topics not only just mm. in terms of racism yeah. but also you know like gender issues and yeah. all that there's like so 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 little space and it's like i can only talk about these kind of things with my friends like when i'm drinking and mm. when we're like kind of like you know, like wasted or some or something. Yeah, alcohol helps. <laughs> yeah, alcohol definitely helps. Yeah, because I feel like, especially in Korea, like one of the cultures is like if it's a sensitive thing to talk about, then don't talk about it in the mm, first yeah. place. I think it's what we learned from the past generations, mm. and yeah. So yeah, I kind of like want to break that culture, but yeah. at the same time, I sometimes find myself acting exactly the same. You know, yeah, like exactly the same as the ones that I don't like about others and about the Korean culture so yeah no no exactly and I think that's one of the reasons like that's one of my like this is one of my way mm. of trying to put that into action you know like mm. not so that I don't actually act like <laughs> you know people that I try to uh. <laughs> you know question and yeah yeah it's definitely really hard to like get away from how you were raised because mm. yeah. we told you this is how to do things yeah, and, and this is right yeah right and you grew up and you were like wait a second that's absolutely not how supposed, mm. like there's no rules about that yeah. why well, should I follow that but naturally like it's so internalized that sometimes you have like really to fight with it mm-hmm. so yeah having like a platform like this is obviously like helps you because you you kind of have to force yourself mm. to like put the content on and there's like the conversation all the time so that's yeah. like I think it's a good way to get out of that yeah I think just talking helps a lot of things yeah. talking <laughs> up just it may not necessarily solve the problem but I think honestly I, I think just addressing it is, is more than enough I think is, is yeah yeah it's obviously the first step yeah usually the first step is the hardest one mm. so I feel like at the moment you address the issue mm. and people are like aware of it mm. That opens like a lot more opportunities mm, that you never exactly. thought that will like ex- even existed uh, before. Now it's about time for us to wrap up today's conversation. Thank you for those who might be listening to this through Anchor FM right now, 
And thank you, Seyoung and Julie, for your interesting conversations today. We'll look forward to collaborating with you for sure. on the Love gender that. issues. Yeah. <laughs> so updates on our next session in April will be shared on our Instagram at Creative Soul Sessions. Bye bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye.